0: I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, you like to move it, I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, I like to move it, move it, you like to
1: Recording in
2: progress, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like To Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. Uh, big thank you to Christian Lloyd for offering his time up to the show. And um, yeah, so this week, uh, we are going to be talking about the penis Villanova movie Dune. And uh, with me to do that, I have a co-host from Hot Property, Mr. Stephen Richards, welcome.
3: Hello, it is I, the co-host from Pro- Hot Property, Stephen Richards.
2: Actually, I feel like co-host is dismissive because like we're both co-hosts to one another. I don't want to establish myself as the leader, especially since you kind of do all the work on that show. That's what I was so, going to say. I'm, yeah. I'm actually,
3: you're my co-host.
2: Yeah, I Hot feel like I probably am more of the co-host. Yeah. I like to just think of it as an even split because like, whereas you do all the work, I do most of the talking.
3: Yeah. And that's more of a- And I'm excited for today where I don't have to do any work and
2: I get to talk a lot. You get to talk a whole bunch. Yeah. So if you guys like what you hear, make sure to smash the follow button, smash that like button, share it with your friends. Check out Movie Movie Cast on all of the platforms, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Uh, and also reach out and let me know what you want us to talk about. So that is what we're going to do. So Steve, a little in movie news. Are you familiar with Dean Stockwell?
3: No, it sounds well, familiar though.
2: Rip. Is he, he an older? Stockwell? Is he an older actor? He's deceased as of this week, which is why we're bringing him. So up. he's the. He's very old, then. He's very old. He died. He's at too the, old for life. At the t- too old for life. He just yeah. got t- taller than life at the age of eighty-five, but wanted to shout out to uh, Dean Stockwell, who uh, is in the original Dune with uh, the, the David Lynch Dune.
3: Oh, he I know appears this fellow. in a couple
2: David Lynch movies uh, He is in one of my favorites, Blue Velvet I have a beautiful uh, pin on my wall Of him singing into the construction lamp uh, He was in Paris, Texas The classic Jim Benders movie He was on Quantum Leap as a regular character Which is a great show So movie movie wishes a uh, farewell To Dean Stockwell uh, You were definitely, definitely One of a kind, sir So R.I.P.
3: He played Tim Drake in Batman Beyond Return of the Joker he did indeed. He does have a lot that's of. It's a good heart. movie.
2: Yeah. Um, his character, why am I forgetting his name in uh, Dune? Oh, there's so many fucking names in Dune. Um, in Dune, he was, no, that's married to the mob. I just, I have to figure out if it's a character that we know yet. Oh, yeah, he was Dr. Yue, Dr. Wellington Yue.
3: Oh, he was the, we'll get into that. He was the, in this version, he was played by uh, an Asian man, I believe
2: yes yeah yeah the um okay so i mean honestly that was really my only movie news was i just wanted to wish a farewell to dean stockwell oh you know what i also wanted to shout out uh, a big thank you uh to to one sylvester stallone and another burt young for coming into philly last week and premiering the director's cut of rocky four Um, As listeners know, Rocky IV is my least favorite of the Rocky movies. Yes, I like it less than Rocky V. We'll get into it another time. But Rocky IV is like kind of a mess. That's why I love it. It's absolutely incredible. It's just kind of a garbage movie. And he recut it. And I'm pleased to say that the new cut is no better or worse. But it is remarkably different. (laughs) It's remarkably different, which is wild. Because he, he added 40 minutes of footage, but it's only three minutes longer than the original cut. So it is like a drastically different movie, but it's also not that different at all. Like I had the almost identical experience watching it. Um, that said, it's still a Rocky movie. And by the end, when Ivan Drago and Rocky Balboa are beating the ever-loving fuck out of one another on the world stage, and I'm watching it in the middle of a theater packed with like drunk Philadelphians, that is not a moment that I'm ever going to forget. And it, it was just it was so fucking awesome.
3: My if I can real quick, my introduction to yeah. Rocky four was um, I, we were at uh, I was at my mutual our mutual friend Connor's house after the Super Bowl. I somehow year. knew
2: he would be involved.
3: Yeah. And so at this point, he didn't have cable. He just had like the antenna. Yeah. Yeah. And so after the Super Bowl, Protron? we were still hanging out. And it was on this weird channel. I never heard of before. And I'll never I'll never remember again. But it was in the, it cuts in the, we, we get to it in the middle of the winter f- training montage, which goes on for seemingly uh, the entire film.
2: Well, it's like and two then, montages back to back.
3: Yeah. And then we watch it all the way through to the end when um, Rocky single handedly solves uh, US and Soviet Union relations. And I, I was like, I was like, is this a Rocky movie or a parody of a Rocky movie that Sylvester Stallone just had and yeah. and, uh, and uh, what's his name happened to be in? Why can't I remember his name? Drago. Do- oh,
2: Dolph Lundgren. Dolph
3: Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren.
2: Rudolph Lundgren.
3: I thought they were, I thought it was like an SNL bit that like was maybe left over from the night previous because it, it's a Super Bowl on a Sunday. So I was like miss yeah, yeah. this. Sylvester uh, Stallone hosting SNL and they did this fucking long ass
2: skit. <laughs> it really does feel like that. And yeah. One of the cool things about the director's cut that he just released is that he released it in conjunction with a YouTube documentary, a feature length YouTube documentary that is just sliced alone in the editing room talking about his edit process of Rocky IV, but also like ruminating on life and, you know, being an old man in Hollywood. It's the wildest thing. And that's crazy. Whatever you feel about the new Rocky IV, which I think if you're a fan of the original, like I am, you should. Definitely seek it out. But more importantly, go on YouTube onto Sly Stallone's channel and watch the feature-length documentary of him doing the edit. It's fascinating. Like, it, you learn how much he actually knows about cinema. And it's just fun to hang out with this guy who's watching Rocky Four and is, like, clearly seeing it from an entirely new angle, being a man in his late 70s, as opposed to, I think he was 39 when he made it. It's really exceptional stuff. I highly recommend it.
3: I hope that somebody uh, who's been in the industry for, you know, 60 plus years uh, would have some kind of knowledge to impart on people who don't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And but what's weird is like, come for the come for the Rocky four chatter, but stay for the ruminations on life, death, living experience. He really goes deeper than you'd think. And he's like usually eating like a lollipop and just like, you know, just be like, hey you know life gets you down you just gotta keep punching you know like but like he's he's filled with like much more uh eloquent wisdom that i represented there but not so eloquent that he doesn't still sound like you know like, like so fun, yeah. yeah it's it's really fantastic and he he just seems like a wonderful guy and i'm such a fan and that uh that youtube video is aces anyone who yeah likes you were music,
3: you were nerding but, out um before and after the event um to, yeah
2: it's, it, was, it was very cute to see. Oh, thank you. It's the best, because you know what it is? It's the, the one franchise that I can watch that I always exit it and I'm like, you know what? I want to be better. I want to work harder. I want to do, you know, I want to get in shape. I want to just be good. I want to do the things that are right because they're right to do. And like, that's the feeling I always get out of Rocky of all things. But I feel like what's so inspiring about it is that Stallone's story was one of just a dude who worked so goddamn hard that he got Rocky to happen. And so it's like this underdog story that I think is universally relatable. And I don't know, I just love it. And I love boxing. And so, you know, a good boxing movie, a bad boxing movie is still a good movie. I like Creed. It's, and that's that's the craziest thing is Creed is probably the best Rocky movie. Yeah. I, I, I think it really might be. It's, I didn't see Creed
3: too, but we're not here to talk about Creed or Rocky.
2: I'm here a little bit to talk about Rocky. <laughs> because i wanted to get that out i will say creed 2 you should watch because it's a remake of rocky 3 made with the pieces of rocky 4 it's good stuff is it's the not, robot there the robot is not there okay it's not nearly as good as creed i mean creed's a pretty staggering achievement but yeah creed uh yeah creed 2 is just like it's michael b jordan's rocky sequel a toot tootin good time where you feel yeah, i can't good. believe
3: they got michael jordan to be in uh yeah he's, yeah he's played basketball he's played baseball now he's boxing
2: now he's boxing, now he's acting like a boxer. Yeah. He was in Fantastic Four. Dude, yep. can't stop. Didn't get a, uh, He was in Black Panther. I was going to say he didn't show up in Space Jam 2, but then I remembered that Michael B. Jordan he did. does indeed show yeah. up in Space Jam 2.
3: <laughs> and like the worst, the worst comedic twist and the dumbest joke. It's so It's so dumb that it's funny.
2: You know, it's weird. It never occurred to me that the joke was that his name is also Michael Jordan until right now. Yeah into literally this moment that's the when, joke yeah i i just was like oh well because at that point they were just throwing so much like you recognize this right you recognize this yeah right? that when he showed up i was just like i guess he was on the lot that day like it just never you know yeah <laughs> it just felt you know that, that they were just throwing another thing like we got star power so oh you know what that movie that i shouldn't have enjoyed as much as i did i like a little better now on account of the michael b jordan joke
3: um yeah that movie sucked though overall yeah, it, was, it was definitely <laughs> yeah.
2: garbage like absolutely it was garbage.
3: uh fucking yeah drivel is the word i
2: would use to describe it you know what wasn't drivel though we're transitioning we're talking about Dune. we're Denis doing vil- it we're doing it Denis villeneuve doing a new adaptation of frank herbert's epic sci-fi novel that was originally made into a film by david lynch and gave also rise to the documentary Hodorowski's Dune, in which Hodorowski failed at making Dune, but ended up making a documentary that's probably better. How says, did you pronounce
3: the director's name?
2: Uh, is it Hodorowski?
3: No, the, the, this of uh, this particular Dune.
2: Oh, uh, Denis Villeneuve. But I just like to call him Penis Villeneuve because that's real funny to me.
3: I thought it was Denis Villeneuve.
2: Denis Villeneuve that says a lot better. I just, I feel like somewhere I heard someone say, let's call him
3: Dennis for the, for the rest yeah. of the podcast.
2: We're going to, let's call him Dennis Leary.
3: Yeah. Dennis, Dennis Bella Leary.
2: Dina, writer <laughs> and director, Dennis Leary, who's done, he did, he was on Rescue Me. He did Arrival. He sang the uh, hit song,
3: I'm an Asshole.
2: He did I'm an Asshole. Sicario, yeah. uh, No Cure for Cancer.
3: Yep. Yeah.
2: And um, he didn't do Sicario too, though. Uh, prisoners. Prisoners with Dennis yep. Leary. Oh yeah, <laughs> he played Hugh Jackman. Yeah, but okay. So
3: dude. wait, didn't wait, didn't know, didn't didn't uh, Dennis direct? Uh, prisoners are uh, the actual the Dennis we're talking about for Dune. Yeah,
2: yeah, he did prisoners. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought so. And I would say that that's probably in my estimation. I think that's a career best for Mr. Hugh Jackman. I, I think his yeah, the,
3: and, is and and uh, Paul Dano.
2: Yeah, man, that and you know I'll thing. throw
3: Terrence Howard in there too.
2: Yeah. Ter- terrence howard is a very good actor he's just apparently a really howard insane is, person
3: terrence howard is someone who when i see him i'm just like i'll pass in this movie i don't know why what it is about him i just don't like him well he's um, a
2: he's notoriously a pretty rough guy from what i understand yeah
3: and that's probably the stories i've heard are probably definitely
2: i've heard some terrifying it, stuff but he also invented a new type of math. He hasn't released it on the world yet, but he had that interview where Terrence yeah, yeah, Howard yeah. made some new math. So, like, he's on a trip, man. He's on some kind of trip that I'm not going to understand, but Hustle and Flow is pretty good. And I think if we rewound our lives 15 years and they made this movie, he would probably would have been in, dude. But I think he dropped off.
1: Um, all right. Are you looking dude, at this film? Where do we start?
3: No, I'm trying to figure out. Well,
2: I want to ask you this What is your. All of knowledge? The names. What was your knowledge of Dune before going zero easy to see this movie? So, literally, nothing. Actually, no, no, let me let me let me say this like, my like, knowledge of Dune, tell me literally every little thing you could you thought before you saw it sand. Okay, sand. Did you know about worms? Just sand.
3: I saw the worm in the trailer.
2: Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah.
3: I only saw the first trailer and then like TV spots here and there because I watch a lot of sports and like obviously uh, the sports uh movies love to target sports audiences with with tv spots so i've seen yeah, yeah. a couple of tv spots and the thing that i've realized about tv spots in uh in especially the sports world is that they don't care about telling you what's going on in the story they only want you to see like bits and pieces of the action sequences oh yeah, yeah. um to the point where the story is like nonsensical um so like i i knew based on the first trailer of dune what it was you know this young man uh, timothy chalamet's character paul mm-hmm. i didn't know that i didn't know that at the time i found that in the movie i knew that <laughs> timothy chalamet was going on some kind of journey and that uh there's a lot of fucking sand everywhere and zendaya shows up um and the name Dune in,
2: drives home the idea that there will be sand
3: yeah but, um, but the Sam tv Compton's spots place. that i saw made it look like jason was
2: fight hour <laughs> <laughs> Well that's gotta sell at sports. Yeah. Because everyone's like, yeah, go birds. Oh what is this a fucking Aquaman? Bro. Yeah. And like, hey, not you not like not
3: the not if not you, you like these beefcakes, check out yeah. this beefcake.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a... a so okay, so you didn't know much about it. I mean, I guess you knew I knew v- v- virtually
3: it. nothing except for that it looked good. I liked Dennis's previous work, mm. and um you know it was gonna be free to watch at home. Mm-hmm. And I I <laughs> I did something kind of shitty. I took a fucking stupid stance because I kept seeing all these interviews with Dennis about how he's like, I hate that WB is doing this. Like, I'm done with them. Like, I'm going to follow Chris Nolan and, like, you know, I'm, the, I'm a purist. I want everything to be on shot on 35 millimeter and IMAX, and I want everyone to go to the movies to see it. And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. If it's really offered to me for free or something I already pay for, which is HBO Max, I'm not going to go out of my way to go to a movie theater to watch it yeah i, I think that's, that, that's why i bought a giant fucking tv is to watch these things absolutely on and th- it
2: but i think that validates Villeneuve's point because like i don't necessarily disagree with him i get why they're like listen we got to get it out there's been a pandemic they're like this this shit is you know dune's been sitting on a shelf for a year we we have to release it at home on account yeah. of, you know on account of just the situation but at the same time like that's a movie if i was a filmmaker directing for the big screen like I, want, I would want as much of the audience as possible to take it in that way. Now, that said, I don't think that it's right to minimize another experience, given to the fact that there are a lot of movies that I love that I've only watched at home. And so yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I hadn't seen them. I would just say that, you know, but I, I really think that, that I respect a fight for the preservation of the big screen experience, warts and all. And so, you know, and so I I appreciate that he had a passionate response, whether his response, you know, encapsulates the whole story or not. But but also the
3: thing about this, too, is that like I I think I enjoyed my experience more by being able to by able to be by being able to pause this three hour film and go to the bathroom, you know, take my dog for a walk, kind of digest some of what I just saw. Mm-hmm. and then keep going cuz there's this is like a game of thrones level yeah uh fucking like character study where there's a lot of fucking people a lot of families a lot of things to keep track of a lot of systems and planets that i that were just that they're trying to build the world as they're telling the story which is complicated to do
2: yeah and so being you can't able to overdo it but you can't like yeah. leave everybody. Like if i if i'd, if I'd gone dark. to
3: the theater and sat down for 3 hours and watched this movie i would have left and immediately kind of not known what I just watched and probably wouldn't have probably would have liked it less than being able to watch it in the the comfort of my own home I get that and I gotta say based off the fact that uh Dune 2 has been announced uh you know with Warner Brothers I think that Dennis might have been wrong about this one yeah I
2: think I I think he was expecting that this wasn't going to do killer numbers and it did like remarkably killer numbers like people people turned out for Dune and genuinely liked it and I was
3: excited. Like, it, it released 6 o'clock on the Wednesday before it was released, or the Thursday before it was released. And I sat down right at, right at 6.30, made my dinner, sat down, put it on. I watched a, a good hour 45 of it, uh, kind of got sleepy, went to bed, finished it the next morning.
2: Yep, That's, that sounds nice. Is and
3: that- it, was, it was even better watching it that way, splitting it up almost like a TV show, because
2: I was excited the next day to finish yeah. up the story. You're probably going to hate the David Lynch Dune because it's the whole story crammed into. I don't a think bound. I don't think I'll watch it. Oh, I think you should. I think you you really should. There's, Maybe there's, one day. There's interesting comparison points to make that are fun, and I think will enhance your your view of the new movie. But I think but should, I think this is,
3: this is, this is the right time to let the listeners know that we've we've planned this out to the point where I'm not from this point on until Dune Two is released. I'm not going to watch yeah. anything. I'm going to be the control in this experiment about not. I'm not going to read the book. I'm not going to watch the miniseries. I'm not going to watch any of the movies. I'm just going to watch this version of Dune, and then I will go back and kind of dip my toe in the water with it. I want to see the Sting version.
2: Dude, Which respect. one is that? That's that's the David Lynch one. That's the David Lynch one. Okay, and yeah. I want rumored, I, I want to see Sting. <laughs> it's rumored that his character is potentially going to be played by uh, Barry. Is it Keegan or Keegan or Oh Kogan? yeah, the
3: cat from Eternals. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's a uh, he might be Thade Ralpha and I okay. think that's a good casting choice. So I'm the opposite. I read the book because I, I love the Lynch movie. It's not a great movie. And Lynch even tried to like get his name off of it. Um, it's a mess, but it's like one of those glorious messes because it's kind of an impossible adaptation. But in anticipation of the new one, I listened to the audio book of Dune to kind of just like get, you know, feel mm-hmm. for what they were doing. And it's, I wouldn't say, you know, one or the other is is more true to the source material, but Because I did it that way, I think it's important to have you as the control, because the one criticism I had of Dune, the new one, is I thought that perhaps, because it's such a large kind of expansive and, uh, what's the word, like slow burn story, that people who weren't already fans would be completely lost.
3: I was a little bit lost, I'm not going to lie. I I will say that this was very good sci-fi. Yeah. even if i didn't really know what was going on the entire time i know that if I, I here's what let me tell you my what if i can like well, summarize a story from my i want you to idea.
2: summarize it but i want to say that it's interesting too that you said game of thrones because i i also mentioned in my review that in a post game of thrones world it's not such a big ask for a noob to to be an active viewer in yeah. terms of like that kind of stuff because like game of thrones like doesn't really tell you the previous relationships you just kind of have to feel it out and this took that approach but yeah let's let's hear what you what you've got on the plot and there
3: will be a lot of game of thrones comparisons as i as i tell the story certainly certainly and i apologize to any diehard dune fans who's i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher all the names and i might call them by their actor names
2: as i understand it frank herbert never gave an official pronunciation of any of the names much okay. like uh, George R.R. R. Martin was asked in like Q&As and stuff how to pronounce certain characters' name. And his response has universally been, pronounce it however you want. That's, that's for you to do. Yeah. Like, that's your job. I just came up with the name. And like, so yeah. Like, I, just I, put, I just put the letters together. I can't yeah. tell you how to say it. <laughs> across, across Dune, there's multiple different pronunciations in yeah. the audiobook, in Dune, and in Lynch's Dune. So say it however you want. if anyone gets mad, they're, they're a fucker.
3: My favorite character is definitely Duncan Idaho. Duncan
2: (laughs) Idaho. It's not anymore.
3: In in a world that's being built with all these like very exotic names, and they just have Duncan Idaho, the most badass character in the fucking movie. Like that just makes me happy. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. So the story, in my, from what I can surmise, is uh, Paul. I know his name. What's his last name? Paul. A. uh, Think of it, they chant
2: it, they chant it.
3: Uh, Atreus? Atreides? No. Atreides. Atreides, okay. Atreides, Atreides, because uh, yeah. I remember... So, it's, I'm going to go on a small tangent here. I've been playing this That's game okay. called Hades. And also, spoil and,
2: away. We're going to spoil dude. Yeah, 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 So, don't, I've been, don't worry about
3: that, yeah. I've been playing this game called Hades. Oh, dude, I love of, Hades.
2: I have that on my Switch.
3: So, the uh, when you have to fight Atreus the bull... Yeah. And the bull is their like house uh, mascot ma- mascot their house oh, yeah. uh, sigil, so also, that's that's how I kind of remembered that. I was like, all right, that's why I said a Atreides, as a okay. It's kind of similar.
2: What's the root word? Because I'm also thinking of um, what's the name of the dragon in Neverending Story? Is it a treu? I don't. Know. I've only seen the Neverending that Story the once, boy?
3: and it was a long time ago. The horse scene fucked me up, so I can't Dude, watch it
2: again. I, yeah, it made me cry when I was like six, yeah. so I'm like done with it forever. Although I hear Jack Black is in never-ending story, two or three. Nah, nah I'm but done with like, that series. Did this story's never gonna end, and I'm like high five some skidoo.
3: Um, so Oscar Isaac, Mister Atreides, Duke uh, is, um, Duke, Duke Jared hmm.
2: Leto Atreides.
3: Is that really his name? His name's Leto. Okay, that would have been really fucking weird. Um, yeah. so. I'm gonna call him Oscar Isaac the entire time. That's fine. Um, that. So Oscar Isaac is uh, the leader of this house, um, which embodies an entire planet, who is tasked with overwatching this other planet, and this planet, um, which I call Dune. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
2: what the, that's the nickname for it. Yeah, that's they okay, call
3: it. So, and, yeah. Okay, I, I didn't get that then. I just thought I was being funny, but okay. So it's he's Arrakis, watching over Dune. But it's called Dune. Arrakis. Yeah. He's watching over Dune. Dune has all the special spice that um, is the most valuable resource in the universe because it allows fast space travel.
2: And what else does it do? It does two other important things. It makes you hallucinate. It makes you hallucinate and it turns your eyeballs blue. Yeah. Um,
3: so <laughs> this is insane. They're, they're kind of going through a day in the life of the Atreides family and uh, they're like, then this uh, this dude's like, hey, man, you got to go down there and fucking get these people to give us all their shit. Um, meanwhile, the people that are like protect like they they own this shit. They're like, if these motherfuckers come down again, we're we're going to lose our shit and we're going to kill everybody. And so Oscar Isaac's like, all right, you know, what? I'm just going to talk to him. Let's just maybe we can hash out a deal because otherwise we're gonna have to kill these motherfuckers. I don't want to do that. I don't want to lose lives over this.
0: Yeah.
3: So he now before they go down, um fucking Mrs. Atreides, Rebecca
2: Elizabeth, Ferguson,
3: Rebecca Ferguson. I'll just say Elizabeth La- Moss I knew there's one. La- Lady Lady Jessica. Rebecca Ferguson. Lady Jessica is like, yo, Paul, by the way, you got some fucking secret powers. And I, before <laughs> we go down there, we gotta test this shit out. So yeah, you might she be the chosen him, one, so come with me. She brings him to a nunnery and uh, they fucking <laughs> put, his, they put his fucking hand in a, a weird uh, torture box. The Gamjabar. Yeah. The Gamjabar. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he sees everything from the beginning to the end of time. He's like,
2: damn, that was some fucking crazy That's... Ga- Ganja Jabar. <laughs> That's not quite what happens. Oh. The Gamjabar is just pain.
3: Oh well, I, he had some visions while that shit was happening,
2: though. That was later when he inhales the spice.
3: Uh, okay, yeah. Anyway, so they, they fucking almost cut his hand off, or whatever. And then yeah. he's like, "Damn!" <laughs> and then the the nuns like, "Yo, you're too fucking, you're too much of an asshole to be the chosen one." So we're gonna go check out these other prospects we have. We'll see you guys later. Catch you on the flippity flip. And so, and then Lady Jessica and Oscar Isaac and little Paul go down to Dune and. Um, Paul's like, damn, there's a lot of fucking sand down here. I've never seen so much sand in my life,
2: dude. It's a nightmare. I if they were like, well, do you accept? I'd be like, we are House of Trades and we decline on account of our distaste for sand. And then I just bow. And I oh, I accept. forgot about. I, I forgot about one mission.
3: part. So before they go, before those motherfuckers go down there, they send down uh, Duncan Idaho to do a scout mission. And he's like, he's like a, you know, uh, an undercover cop. Yeah. Infiltrating the what do they call What are the name of those people? Uh, the Fremen. The Fremen. So yeah. he's he's infiltrating the Fremen, and then um, he is the one that's going to bring uh, Javier Bardem to meet with Oscar Isaac and uh, have a chit chat. I remember that one scene where Javier Bardem spits on the desk, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh this yeah. motherfucker fucked <laughs> up," and. And Duncan's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Thank you for giving us your water. We will respond in kind. Everybody fucking spit right now. This is yeah. how they do it down here, right? He will kill and us then, all. And then, um, you know, Oscar Isaac and his fucking fantastic beard, by the way. Oh, he yeah. still, still steals the show with that beard.
2: He's just, um, that dude's just a goddamn hunk. There's no two that. I mean, he's
3: it. handsome as hell.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, just man, he makes, a great me, he makes me want to turn, let me tell you.
2: Dude, he's the man.
3: I'm like, how you doing? He's gonna play Solid Snake, one of my favorite video game characters of all time.
2: It's, that's my thing with Oscar Isaac is his role choices have been very yeah. strange. Like he could be great, and he's done some great stuff, but he's also just like, like, what does he show up in? Uh, now I can't think of a good one, but yeah, he shows well, up. If in anybody's gonna make a good stuff. video
3: game movie, it's gonna be Oscar Isaac as Solid Snake.
2: Yeah, that's true. I think that is a good choice for cast, casting. But
3: anyway, let me, before I lose my train of thought, let's get yeah, yeah. going here. So, um, so then Javier Bardem's like, "Listen, man, you tried, but." Sorry, dude. Not gonna, not gonna work out for you. Peace. And so he leaves. And in the background, what is this is happening, um, the first order uh, is is trying to get uh, what are what are the sarc the sarkonings uh, the harkenins the harkenins or no, the 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 one with the baron the creepy looking motherfuckers.
2: Yeah, that's Baron Harkonnen.
3: Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So they. So then they hire uh a guild uh with a Sar- weird name that's so, Sar- Sar- sardaukar sardaukar yeah okay Sardikar, so i knew i was on the right <laughs> path so they hire the sardaukars
2: and they're I like listen man trade this for like actual workable knowledge like there's so much real estate in my brain like sardaukar <laughs> lives there somewhere and this is i'm never going to use it like can't i have like some some physics in there so like what give me something but no so the the harkeners
3: are like Dave Bautista is talking to
1: yeah
3: uh, Stellan Scar Skarsgard. That's why I got those two mixed up. Yeah,
2: because Skars- 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 the
3: Skarsgardians, <laughs> yeah. the Skars Guardians <laughs> of the
2: Galaxy, and uh, <laughs> which makes sense because Dave Bautista's there, <laughs> dude. That would be an amazing um, movie, the Sars Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's just all of the Guard boys and Peter yeah. Skars, all the Skarsgard boys and Peter and a, and Peter guard yeah. <laughs> And they wouldn't so, fly in a rocket ship. They'd have to fly in a in a space arc or a space car just to yeah. have that whole thing going.
3: So they're like, "Yeah, we got to hire these uh, Hark- uh, these Scar's guardians because uh, we can't take on the Atreides house by ourselves." But what we're going to do is we're going to go, and now that we know that you know Oscar Isaac and his family, the royal family, is kind of removed from the planet, we're going to go assassinate those motherfuckers. And then we're going to take over their shit. Um, so essentially it starts out with a red wedding.
2: Yeah. So um, the, I, I'm that. trying to figure out what, what else I should add to your description because like if you got the basics, but there's so much more texture, that that's I. that's pretty that much I, the first act. Know. So we can like, we can stop there and kind of download. Oh, well, so there's the, there's the emperor. The emperor is in charge. Do we see the emperor?
3: And I thought not. That's why I was so fucking confused. Yes. I was like, because I that's thought the Baron was out. the
2: Emperor for a bit. No, So was the like, Baron no way, is this, the leader this dude... of the Harkonnens. The yeah. Harkonnens used to be on Dune by the decree of the Emperor. The Emperor says, I'm withdrawing you from Dune and I'm replacing you with the Atreides. Okay. And so the Harkonnens... Well, and so it comes to be clear that the reason that the emperor did this wasn't to screw the Harkonnens over. It was, he's just trying to kill the Atreides without expressly doing it. Because who's going to, they're not going to rule Dune, so... uh, Oh yeah,
3: so he's going to blame the Furman for it.
2: And that's why all the the Harkonnens left them shoddy equipment and just kind of left everything a shithole, because this was designed for Atreides to fail by the Emperor's Decree. But the Harkonnens have a stick up their ass about it and say, you know, these Atreides are dickheads, we want to go back down there and kill them so they go to the emperor and say listen we would like to go down and kill them but the problem is they're like pretty tight with the fremen and the atreides and the fremen together i don't know if we can do that can you please lend us some Sardaukar?" yeah and then he sends the Sardaukar. and that's 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 like the machinations of that generally okay but um, then meanwhile what's going on with paul what's your what's your understanding of what's happening with paul and how it relates to his mom and the nunnery
3: so Paul's getting these crazy visions about Zendaya, which I mean, yeah. I've had I've had some crazy visions about Zendaya myself. Let me tell who you, who hasn't? Who hasn't? I know. Um, so she's hot. Uh, so it's, uh, he's like, he's all seeing some shit like Arthur's down there, and uh, not Arthur. I called him, I called him Aquaman by accident. Duncan, <laughs> Duncan,
2: <laughs> Duncan Idaho. It's his most fun character name. Duncan Gotta Arthur Curry
3: it. Idaho. Um, so Dunk. Duncan, he sees, he sees Duncan with. Uh, you know the Furman, and he's like going against House Atreides, and then this well, this was really confused me. So he sees this should happen, and like who's who's the black guy that he uh, he like gets advice from?
2: Oh, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? That's uh, I think that that's not Yui. That's uh, and he blinks. He blinks his his weird yeah. eyes. What the fuck is his name? That way, anyway, so he's, have he's seeing
3: way. all these things that like. I'm like, okay, so this is, is this happening in tandem with what Paul's going through? Is this, uh, you know, is this future visions? But then, like, Duncan just shows up. Yeah.
2: He plays uh, Thufir Howitt. That's it.
3: Um, He, Duncan just, like, shows up and he's like, no, nah, I'm all good. I'm not, like, you know, backstabbing you guys. And then when, like, shit goes down and the Harkonnen are, like, making their attack, like, Duncan, uh, you know, helps A bunch of people flee. Um, He and then Oscar Isaac gets a needle in the back from that doctor and gets killed by the Baron. Oh no! He oh that was a really cool scene. Sorry, there's a lot of things coming back to me as as soon as I'm thinking about it. When he when the doctor gives Oscar Isaac that pill to breathe in the Baron's face, yeah, to kill kill everybody in the room.
2: The the molar infection. Yeah, and it doesn't fucking.
3: And I was like, there, and like the scene cuts. I'm like, there's no way that that didn't work. I mean, this this is part one of a movie. Yeah, yeah. So there's no way that fucking works because then there's then the story's over. Uh,
2: but <laughs> and he gets in his little restorative bath made of just gross ink.
3: But the weird part is that when they found the Baron, he was like on the ceiling, mm-hmm. like a like a like a Mothman.
2: I think it was his uh, his little because uh, he wears at least the, the way it's described in the book is he wears levitators because he's so fat that that he can't like his skeleton yeah. can't support his, his weight. So levitators do that. Uh, and then in the Lynch movie, he just like straight up flies around. And so this is kind of a mix of both. And I think okay. that was, that was his levitators on the fritz because he had just been poison attacked and had a bug out.
3: Um. So that was an awesome scene, even though I was really upset that they, you know, did my boy Isaac in real quick like that. Yeah. I was like, a, I'll
2: tell you what, that though, you was know a rough, what I really liked? rough
3: time to watch.
2: When Paul was like, you know, what if I don't want to be the next uh, the next leader of the Atreides? And he's like, Paul, you know, like the best leaders are, you know. Hey guys, just uh, wanted to let you know, we had a little audio issue here. So uh, this train of thought is terminated. We're going to go to a commercial and then uh, I pick it up from there where we left off. Sorry about that. I'm an idiot. So I wanted to do a shout out though. The scene where Duke Leto, Oscar Isaac is talking with Paul and Paul's saying, I don't want to be the, uh, the next emperor or whatever it is that you are. Or Duke. That's it. (laughs) I don't want to be the next Duke. And he's like, ah, you know, when I was your age, I didn't want to be there, but you know what, whatever you decide to do, you already are everything I ever needed you to be. My son. And in that moment I was like, Holy shit. If I could have one percent of that validation from my own father, I'd be a much better I was say, I was As someone so with father sad. issues, that really made me tear up. <laughs> I it, and but what I really liked I was like you know what? that's awesome. I I love that like that in the world of Dune, there is still just like this real ass guy who's like I love my kid. Yeah, that's incredible. So yeah, it is very heartbreaking when he does. But what we were talking about is uh, what. So what do you think is going on with Paul? Uh, so Paul's not just wet I dreams. What's going on? Like, how far do you understand what's going on with his whole superpowers? Um, because I might be able to blow your mind. He's supposed to be the
3: fucking um, knickknack paddywhack.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's exactly what he's supposed to be.
3: Yeah, like, but
2: but to whom and like for whom? The universe, Paul muadib Maybe the universe. I don't know how far that goes. Because so here's what here's the pa-
3: who's who's Paul Maldeep.
2: Paul muadib That's what he's. That's what he as he ascends to to becoming a chosen one. It's the chosen one. But uh, that's not the word that they use. They only use in this one the um. Oh no, there's too many. I I'm full. So no, what it is is that uh, Paul's mom, Lady Jessica, who's not married to Duke Lido. She's just his concubine. But yeah. his concubine that he loves because he's like, I yeah, should have married you.
3: There was one. Didn't the baron something like
2: about like marrying a whore or something like that? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, people had like a wife and a concubine in like this yeah. royalty sort of thing, but he never took a wife because he loved his concubine. But it would be unfitting of a duke to marry his concubine. But she is also a Benny Jesuit witch, and that is the order of nuns at the nunnery.
3: But, but, but Benny and the Jesuits. But, but
2: Benny and Benny Gesserit. But Benny Jezere, which but Benny, 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 Jezere, Jezere, Dililit. Oh, sweet and wonderful. All right, we can (laughs) Okay.
3: I gotta shut this down, otherwise it's gonna be the whole fucking podcast. I was gonna do Um, the
2: whole song. they, for decades, have been only having female children because they're trying to bring about through proper genealogy this chosen one that is supposed to be the next big thing. But because Lady Jessica is a concubine with the Duke, she has no rights to terminate a child if it's not female. So she has given birth to a boy, which goes against this whole order's plan to create a very feminine one. boy. Yes, he's a little twink that that may be the chosen yeah. one. And but. Be- this might be what it took is this one little alteration because it's starting to look like he's the chosen one. So the witches have been infiltrating the Fremen down on Arrakis to sort of plant seeds of the chosen one might be coming blah, 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 and tying it into the Fremen religion who see it, see that there might be a chosen one. So they're like seeding this chosen one in an adjacent religion in order to kind of facilitate it once they get down to Dune, just in case it happens. Just in case mm. he is the chosen one. So like there's this huge, you know, machination going on. And poor Paul's just trying to, you know, have a wet dream or two. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so after the red wedding, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. Duncan escapes
3: on by the way, the ornithopters are fucking cool as hell so cool yeah very
2: unique look i love i don't know what the the other iterations
3: were in the past in the past but this one this one is better than whatever else they were doing
2: it's not the mosquito wings in previously that's a new thing okay yeah
3: yeah it's this is cool as hell uh and i want one real bad um who is the person that he escapes with that um like a judge of some kind the the black woman
2: um now I'm forgetting what a, also
3: she represents the fremen as like the oh yeah like yeah. the court she represents them in court I, or somehow
2: or something like she represents them to the emperor I guess she she's like a, she's supposed to facilitate the switchover from the Harkonnen rule on arrakis to okay. Atreides rule but she's got so, blue eyes but she has blue eyes because she's accepted amongst the fremen because yeah. they're always breathing sand and they walk without rhythm. You don't attract. So word. that
3: was like that was like in the beginning when he's training and sh- oh, we didn't even talk about Josh Brolin. When he's training with Josh yeah. Brolin, and then he goes and reads his little hollow hollow books. And in the hollow book, oh. they don't go into too much. Dr. Liet
2: Kynes. Liet is
3: yeah, these these name. names are just fucking exhausting
2: me. She's um, played by Max von Sydow in the original. Oh wow. Yeah, that's just
1: Um so
2: Oh, fuck, what was I going to say? Well, she's facilitating the change. Uh, you've got... You brought up... Uh, what's his name? Josh Brolin.
3: Oh, yeah. So Josh Brolin... Um, as the Harkonnen uh, the are just like bombarding the oil factory, I mean, the the, the spice factory yeah. um, to all hell, um, Josh Brolin's like, I've got the solution. Everybody rush in. And then they give him, like, a pretty unceremonious death to the point where it's like, I'm sure he'll be back for part two. And don't tell me if he is or not, but I'm like, I'm I'm like, there's no way that they're going to kill off Brolin like that when he, like, you know, was the mentor, the fighting mentor, and had a pretty big role in the facilitation scene with Javier Bardem. And then he just rushes into a bunch of explosions. And I, you know, obviously the rule of movies, everybody who's listening to this podcast knows Unless you see the fucking body,
2: they you know, they're not dead. Yeah. Well, he has that great line where he's like, they fight like demons.
3: Yeah. Um, you haven't seen a Harkonnen. Yeah, his character was too good to be taken out like that. So I, I assume we'll see him in part two again. Don't spoil it for me. But
2: Gern, Gern so,
3: um, also, he did a great job of explaining the shield, which is also awesome, by the yeah. way.
2: I love that the shield is like, it's not perfect, it'll protect you, but if you push slow, you can get through, you can
3: slice through it. I had read kind of like a review of Dune after I watched it and they had said, you know, they did the best job of explaining the shield and representing the shield in this iteration. And Mm. to the point where they were like, that's why guns aren't a thing in this universe because the shield kind of negates their effect. Because anything that moves quickly Towards the shield, will just bounce off. But if you move slowly with a blade, it'll go through it. Yeah, that's why. That's why the style of combat is the most popular, or like the style of combat meaning with a knife. Everyone has their own styles, but the the knife and the sword combat are the most popular because that's what's going to get past the shield. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Uh, Which and I thought they did a really good job with you know the color of you know blue means you're good, red means (laughs) uh, watch the fuck out. Yeah, Um, and I think that uh They did a really good job of explaining that, and then when he goes into his room to watch his little holocron about how the fremen do their little sand walk, I'm like, all right, well that's going to come back later on for sure, and I can't oh, wait yeah. to see Timothy Shadowmaid dance across the sand out here. And sure there's there's like multiple times the movie like here comes sand dance, and they're just sprinting across the sand like a fucking yeah. idiot. I'm like, and another point, now nah, here it comes definitely sand dance. The time, nope, sprint across. I'm like, dude. Think about your lessons. Even I remember this shit.
2: <laughs> well, I think it's one of those things where it's when you're going for a long trek across the desert, you do that walk. But like, yeah. they were running from urgent things, so it was just like, fucking go. But yeah, do you remember? Um, so, do you remember the Christopher Walken Fat Boy Slim video? That song, yeah, yeah. Uh, Weapon that's, of choice. That's walk that is what that rhythm. He's doing. It won't attract the worm. That's a reference to yeah. Dune. Yeah.
3: Um. Okay. So then. Lady Jessica and Paul um, fuck where do they go they go to like the Fremen HQ and Duncan Duncan picks them up in the or- ornithopter with uh the the judge
2: mm-hmm.
3: and they go to the Fremen HQ I believe yeah sort of or like at least a safe house of some kind and then yeah, all yeah. of a sudden the fucking Harkin are back and Somewhere in between Duncan being part of the Fremen and going to, coming back into the graces of the House of Atreides, he makes a really terrible fashion choice, which is shaving his facial hair. Yeah. Um, Because seeing Jason Momoa with a baby face makes me uncomfortable in a way that I
2: can't really describe. It's suddenly, his face suddenly became perfectly circular. Yeah, And I with with the beard, it's angular and it's befitting of the superhero. And then when it was like circular, I was like, you know what? I relate to that so hard that I- Don't like I it. Can't, I can't- Don't like it. That, do it. You're, you're that's Aquaman. A, that's baby. a
3: Kyle no-go for me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did yeah. there. As someone pointed out, I believe on Twitter, um, they said something to the effect. So- of, Did we glitch out? I think we glitched out.
3: No, no I'm, I'm I just, I just, I just, I'm listening.
2: Okay. Um, they pointed out that like- Jason Momoa doesn't really play a lot of like different characters in terms of how he plays. Like he plays a lot of different characters, but he plays each of those different characters the same. But the magic of it is that like, he sort of makes those characters come to his style as opposed to bringing yeah. his style to those characters. Cause it always works. He's got that. Does. Cool. Badass is his brand. He reminds me of Swayze in so far as like when I, when I think of, when I think of Momoa, eventually that that line of thought goes back to Point Break, and I think of Swayze and how much I miss him. They have similar charm.
3: He reminds me of me, both in physique and uh, charm.
2: That was that was the next on my list. Yeah, yeah same.
3: Um, so after they realize that the Harker didn't know where they are, and they're like lightsabering the door open, uh, Momoa fucking or sorry, I wanted to get his name right, Duncan Idaho, Mister Duncan Idaho. Duncan makes, Idaho. His, makes his last stand against the Harkonnen um, and lets them escape uh, and then as they're escaping the judge also stands by and she gives a little thumper on the ground The
2: <laughs>
3: to uh, attract the worm and the worm comes and this is the first time that we see the worm in all of its fucking size and insanity eat everybody
2: so this is a, I think this one we don't actually, we do see like, like, do we see the worm's mouth here? Do we yeah, just see yeah. everybody fall into it?
3: The floor opens up.
2: That's what it is. And, yeah. it, and
3: it eats an entire ship. Like it looks like the, the Jawah ship. Yeah, yeah. But like 10 times bigger. And um, this just absorbs it,
2: eats, it, yeah.
3: Yeah, and the judge goes down with it, down with the ship, and uh, all the Harkonnen go as the Ornithopter with... Um, Paul and Lady Jessica escape. And then they go through a sandstorm to, because then, then the Harkonnen are like, oh, they're on an orthopter. Let's get the other ones. Just chase them. Cool chase scene through the sand. Very and cool chase scene. And then Paul's like, the only way to escape is going to be, he pulls a Han Solo and he's like, he goes through the asteroid field, but in this case, it's a sandstorm. Yeah. Uh, and which is pretty badass. And, and, and he's he like essentially trying- uses the force i was gonna get to that yeah i'm sorry (laughs) so so then he's like driving and Lady's like we're we're fucked paul we're fucked and he's like no it's cool i got this and then he has a vision of that dude um who uh says like you know sometimes you gotta just go with it and yeah he was like use the force yeah use the force
2: that'd be great if they cut cut away to it's
3: a trap and like oh he's he (laughs) <laughs> that would be. Aw- I want. I want <laughs> a fan edit of of that, and then <laughs> fucking <laughs> it's a trap. Um, yeah, so okay. then, then, he's like, you know what? Let's go with the fucking sticks and just lays back, closes eyes, is peace. And Lady just is like, I guess he is the chosen one. So I guess this is what we're doing. And then they ended up, uh, you know, crash landing, but safely uh, to the point where they can get their little tent up, and then. Because Paul is uh, extra sensitive to the hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic uh, properties of the sand of the dune, um, he starts to have these vivid hallucinations of him in the future, dressed like a Harkonnen, kind of fighting yeah. with the Fremen. That scene dressed was like confusing Power to Ranger. me because they were dressed; they were all dressed like putties from Power Rangers, and I couldn't really tell, you know jacob from john in this one and all and then all of a sudden he like iron mans his mask back and he's got big blue eyes yeah and he's like fucking murking everybody well that's and then one of
2: those he- like in, that's one of the best passages in the book when he has this first like vision of the future because what that represents is in the future He's the leader of some sort of army fighting some sort of war that involves Atreides and Fremen and all that. And everybody's following him. And so it's the weight of the responsibility of saying, if this prophecy is coming true and I'm seeing visions of the future in my dreams, then that means the weight of like an entire army will be on my shoulders one day. So it's like another added pressure. Thank God his dad's cool.
3: Also the salute uh because they do this in the in the vision the salute of like taking the sword on the shoulder and then on the forehead is fucking awesome
2: so awesome i'm gonna greet my friends um
3: so then they're like all right we gotta go i don't know where we're going but we gotta start moving and they start uh this whole podcast is gonna
2: be describing the plot
3: but they do the sand dance they do the sand dance across (laughs) then they meet up with uh zendaya and javier bardem now what do you
0: and
2: think happens here with the uh, with the fight that happens
3: so this is what confused me because the the black guy that was giving him advice on how to use the force and how to fight um he has to fight this cat and there because javier bardem's like, all right we'll take them in and we will uh you know we'll we'll reassess from there let's just all get back to the fucking base and figure shit out and this guy's like fuck that no these guys are these guys have been fucking killing our people i don't want them here i'm going to now uh challenge them to fight for a place in our ranks and the reason he challenged lady jessica yeah she's the highest ranking officer i
2: guess Of the the what it is is that uh no it's that the javier bardem was bested by her when they all had that scuffle Oh, yeah, that's true. And therefore, so his leadership is now in question because he was taken down by somebody. And so this guy, as a member of his tribe, has the right to challenge the person who bested them and assume leadership. And it's like a dishonor not to. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to prove that by besting the person who bested the leader and the leader as having been bested by his prisoner, is uh you know shamed to the point that he can't stop the guy that's why he's like please don't do this the guy's like no he's like come on don't do it what are you doing and then,
3: before before all this happened too there uh paul had that vision of zendaya stabbing him to death mm-hmm. in a similar looking rock formation that they're in right now yeah and uh when that scuffle happens he like runs away like a little bitch and is like getting a gun like the only gun we've seen so far ready and uh and David's behind him, like no, nope, don't fucking do that, because I'll fucking I'll cut your ear to ear. And he's like, oh sorry. Uh, and then um, so he's like, all right, I challenge you, Lady Jessica. Lady Jessica's like, I want my champion. Uh, and was, he says, I'll stand up as a champion yeah. to fight. And because in a past vision of the future, this the guy is about to fight. Now he teaches him how to fight in their style. So Now he knows how to fight this dude. And ends up killing him, which I think is. Kind of awesome, and for what I can surmise, because he's he, kept not, doing that, he, yield! Said, he said yield. Yeah, he said yield! yield multiple times.
2: The guy was like, "Fuck and you, buddy!" Like, and fuck he you, He pulled buddy.
3: a he pulled a Black Panther, and I was like, "We don't do that here." Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because it makes it seem like he can't really tell the future, but he can like see branches spawning off. Yeah, you know, if there was another ending of that scuffle situation where they did become a team and he was fine with everything that happened. Maybe he became sort of a mentor, but said, Paul just fucking mercs him. And then uh, they're like, all right, time to go. And then Zendaya's like, this is just the beginning. And then the ends. And I'm like, yeah, we knew that because it said part one at the beginning. Zendaya, yeah. you've like, you've really you've told me what I already fucking know. I'm more confused than I was before.
2: It ends and she goes, I do hope that there's a part two.
3: <laughs> Warner Brothers. <Yeah. laughs> Whoa. Ah! And so that that is the
2: uh steven knows nothing about dune plot synopsis of dune (laughs) well you did a you did a very good job that's actually because i I was afraid that people who didn't have a working knowledge of the plot would go in and exit and be like i just don't have any fucking clue because like the whole harkonnen sardaukar shit gets confusing you know what the relationship of the fremen to the rest of it that all gets confusing but like game of thrones if you sit with it it just kind of emerges i um I wanted to call out the second time we get the worm, but it's the first time we get the full giant worm. Oh, hey, staring Paul down. Staring Paul down. I got to say, I was a little bit disappointed because the scope is huge, but both times I saw it, the scene takes place at night. And so the shot looks kind of drab because it's so grayed out. Did it mm. look like that at home? No. Fascinating. I That's saw another well, it, I mean it, but it was at night because I saw it in IMAX and the projection in the IMAX was incredible I also saw it in regular projection and they didn't seem to be fucking up but both times that one shot I was like this just looks dim is dim is the word and yeah. dim in a way where I was like I know it's supposed to be nighttime but like this is your money shot like show me this fucking giant worm like I want to see this thing but that was that I think was right really before that thing.
3: right before that conversation happens too doesn't Paul have a vision of him riding a worm
2: uh, he sees somebody riding a worm, yeah.
3: I think, well, my, in my mind, I interpreted that as he's, that was him, because it looked just like him.
2: It, it very well might be. I mean, there, there is, there's there's yeah. there's worm riding in the future. That's just part of this. I'm sorry to yeah. spoil that aspect of I it. I
3: assume, because I saw somebody yeah. riding
2: a worm. <laughs> there's some worm riding, and it's, uh, oh man, I, I'm a little upset that you don't want to watch the David Lynch Dune, because I really want to talk about it. Because they, they do cover a lot and I I've, I've, i don't have this cut, but there is like an almost four hour cut that kind of goes deeper that's really a lot of fun. But like his design in the world is much more colorful and it, like it feels like Muppets almost because it's just so crazy. Um, I don't think it's accurate to the book. I think that uh, Dennis Leary's view of it is more accurate to the book. But at the same time, I feel like a couple of the money shots were a little, a little lacking for me.
3: From what I've read and from what I've heard from people who have read the book, they said that this is the and maybe it's because of the backdrop of the failed versions that it was the best one. And I'm and like as somebody who doesn't know and isn't really a fan of the source material because I don't know it, um, I gotta say I'm excited for part two.
2: Yeah, me too. I I like I said I think this was this is very much what I imagined when I was listening to the book. Um, I appreciate the Lynch version just because I really enjoy David Lynch, but. Yeah, this is what I pictured in my head, and there's sort of a sleepy energy to the book because it's a little bit slow moving and everything's just kind of big and vast, and this captured that em- energy. And I think as well as just the size of Arrakis. Arrakis feels huge. Yeah, and you need. Now, I mean, all,
3: all the planets that we visited felt really like separate entities, and like they were their own climates and biomes, and you know yeah, all yeah. the stuff like you know and like you had the the Atreides planet which was like uh, you know almost like a a darker naboo mm-hmm. it was very lush and, and blue and mountainous and then you had the the Harkonnen planet which just fucking
2: rain and what? drab and i love that they all just love to sit around and be like oh yeah, oi, oi. like that's just something the harkonnens do apparently
3: the i was nervous about the beginning uh because i was like i'm sure that there's gonna be a lot of fucking exposition or like a lot of scroll text on the screen but there was very minimal like the exposition they did Mm -hmm. as as we and this is what i like like i think about back to the future as being probably like the uh the the watermark for explaining something as you go along telling a story Yeah, yeah and i think that they are they are very close to doing just that in the sense of like here's here's a little bit of knowledge here's how we're uh, uh, assessing that i mean here's how we're um applying that knowledge to the story here's a little bit more knowledge here's how we're applying that knowledge to the story and i think that like is a good cadence and a good rhythm especially for somebody who doesn't know what the fuck's going on that is helpful to me because it's like it's almost like a video game where it's it's like here's how you do this move now we're going to give you a a little scene where has to we have to use that move to win, and like that is I think a very good reference uh, to for movies this big and this of this scope to to help people like to help them be more accessible to everybody.
2: I think that comes from it being a book and being an adaptation that because it was you know not promised but you know kind of was going to be thought of as a two parter, there was a chance to actually let the story breathe. Because, yeah. you know, in the shorter version, like the, the Lynch version that does the whole book, you know, there's a lot that you got to just like pop, through. So there is like a huge crawl at the beginning. They handed out lobby cards at the uh, in the theater because they were so afraid people wouldn't know what was going on. That had a glossary of terms like Benny Jesuit and things like that for people to like bone up on. And I feel like that's definitely uh, not not needed here.
3: See, that's like that's the equivalent of like, um. This might be a bad example, but like if Let's you if you go to if you go to a museum and you see a painting, and then you have like a placard next to it that's like the name of the painting, the artist. That's fine. That's what mm. I'm here for. But if you need a whole fuck, like, that's why I hate contemporary art. If you need a whole like description of what this means, yeah, yeah. Then it's then it's a failure to me as as art because if I don't, if I, first of all, art is subjective. Number one, mm. number two, you know, I want to interpret it in my own way. I don't want it to be explained to me. So if you have to have a glossary of terms, you're not doing your job correct,
2: in my opinion. I I would agree 100%. And that's one of the things that uh, David Lynch is famous for is he refuses to explain his movies to people. So in interviews, people will be like, oh, you know, what's Mulholland Drive about? And he just won't, like, he won't do it. And um, they'll be like, so do you care to explain about this? They'll be like, no. But he always says that, you know, the, you can have the conversation but for me as the filmmaker the art is the conversation so that's yeah. what you know that's how i transmit it to you you do whatever you want with it and i think that might be one of the reasons why he ultimately distanced himself from dune was because he was like we're literally explaining shit to people and, and actually i, I, I like saw I'm, I'm allergic to that
3: i saw a david lynch exhibit at Philomoca four or five years ago yeah and i don't I don't remember doing being there at all, probably for the very reason you just explained. But I remember that instead of those placards or like anything next to, you know, the pieces of art, the drawings or like the videos that he had looping about, you know, all his other works. uh, It wasn't about what they meant to him. It was more about like where he was in his life and what he was doing when he was creating. And like that, I'm interested in. And like that, that that is fine. But like that, you're not explaining the piece to me, which I don't want.
2: Yeah. I don't want you know, that. Like, I, I don't want to be told how to engage with them. Yeah.
3: Like there was like this really uh, interesting painting of like, what looked like a uh, a black demon on a red background with like bright yellow eyes. It was like very abstract. And like, I was like reading the the placard and it just said like, yeah, I was living in hell's kitchen at the time. Or I'm making all this up by the way. I'm not sure. But okay. he was like, I'm, I was. He was like, I'm living, I was living in hell's kitchen at the time and like a one bedroom apartment and I hate, I just broke it up. He's like all this, like this whole life story of like this moment in time where he made this piece. Like that is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And like that that I'm into. But if you have to explain to me, like this is a black demon on a red uh, uh, canvas with yellow eyes because it represents the the corporate greed of America. I'm like, no, that's not not what I'm here for.
2: (laughs) And also like, if that's not what I took from it, it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm just wrong. I guess I'm just a fucking idiot then. Like (laughs) I guess I'm just the idiot. Yeah, that's yeah. a, it's, it's a tough thing. And I think with Dune, that's like, you know, that's, that's, it's a lot of material. But the thing with Dune is...
3: Well, hang on, I have one more point on All that. Right. So like, that's why I thought it was like a little bit of apples in order to, to, um, to uh, compare it to an art exhibit, because, because of what I said about world building, where you do need to build the world, but you need to build it within that world. Like when you start yeah, handing yeah. out glossary, to, uh, you know, papers at the beginning of the movie, that's, then I think you fucking failed. You fucked yeah. up, yeah.
2: And so, okay, so that's good that this one doesn't require a uh, no. a glossary of terms. Uh, I think it it probably would help. I know the book itself actually has a glossary of terms, but yeah. yeah I, what Was I going to say? Yeah, I think the pains. Well, I mean, of be, book uh, like, like
3: I still had holes I need to be filled in, yeah. but I enjoyed my time.
2: Well, that's the I'm thing. Sure, I'm can... sure
3: on a rewatch because I'm definitely going to rewatch it at least you know, one or two more times before the second one comes out. I'm sure in a rewatch now that knowing this talking with you and like knowing literally nothing else, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, catch more things that I missed in the first one.
2: Mm -hmm. Even, even watching it twice, new things opened up to me, you know, even having already like a familiarity with the story, seeing it a second time definitely helped out with a lot of stuff as well. Uh, Which I think is true for, you know, for most movies, but um Oh, good. Can, can, can I can I can
3: ask you can I ask you this? Yeah. Were Were there any kind of like liberties taken that you weren't very happy
2: with, based off of any of the past source materials? I don't know it all well enough to to because that's the thing is like to speak to like what you're saying is like all that intricate stuff. I enjoy that, but that's not really what matters. What matters is like getting the feel of the the main narrative, and I think that this movie brings it across. And that's kind of what sticks with me about all iterations of Dune is specifically that I imagine there's a hundred little things that were tweaked that it's just such a behemoth text that I, that I wouldn't have noticed, you know, and I, I yeah. listened to it. I even read it. I did the audiobook. So like, you know, it's just a different experience. So there there's very little that I think is different that I could even notice. So nothing was egregious, but like Dune is also a, an older book so the way people speak to each other every once in a while will have you know an epithet that you go "Ooh, we don't use that one anymore um oh yeah you know it's just like it's dated it's just it's dated in in that sense nothing like nothing like where you go whoa you know nothing like that but there's just certain things where you go so they're not not dropping hard ends or anything (laughs) they're not dropping hard ends but it's the kind of thing where you go oh this was written by an adult man in you know know, 50 years ago there's just something different about it And uh, so like, there's things like that that are are a little bit softened. But as far as I can tell, Nat, they got everything. I mean, there's a feel for Dune that I think is captured.
3: Do you think because of the complexity of the story, uh, you know, that's why there's such a larger fan base for things
2: like Star Wars and Star Trek as opposed to this? I think it's a few things. I think because if we think about Star Wars, there is a complexity of story it's just that there's really one central hero's journey as a good, like Luke is a great entry point into that series. I don't think that Paul necessarily is because it's not always fully about him, uh, you know, in Dune. So like, yeah, whereas yeah. Star, the Star Wars mythology is ultimately huge um, as I imagine the Dune one it get, gets eventually, you know, the mythology is huge. It's just a different path into the mythology. And I think that Star Wars mythology is one that is a, a more lubricated path in through Luke, but also like, look at the design of Star Wars that shit is fun look at the design of Dune, yeah. that's cool, but like, yeah, I'm 37, I'll buy those toys but as a kid, like, I don't know if I'm buying Dune toys, Star, like, laser swords though I'm buying laser swords
3: I saw, I saw an Instagram post that was like, it was a Mattel uh, board game that was the Bar and it is like actually, I yeah. saved
2: that, yeah <laughs> very cool <laughs> well because the Gam jabbar yeah, uh, yeah
3: yeah i thought that was really funny it was like see the future <laughs> die if you lose yeah it was uh, it was pretty good yep the um uh the, yeah, what think, was the other i wanted the oh, guy i forgot to, I to my question sorry
2: i think we glitched out there for a second no. um yeah i guess like i dune feels to me like the the intrigue of like comparing dune to star wars is like comparing. Um, you know it's like comparing like lord of the rings to like to like marvel almost where it's like you're building these great adventure mythologies but one is fun and playful and the other one is sort of brooding like star wars is about a lot of things but first marvel is
3: very brooding
2: well, I mean, like, no, no. It's <laughs> I'm the, just kidding. The other way, the other. Uh, well, Star, Star Wars and Marvel do have some thematic weight to them. But, like, first and foremost, it's about getting you on spaceships and laser swords. Whereas yeah. something like Dune uh, and Lord of the Rings, ah, Lord of the Rings might not be the best example, but something like Dune is more like a game of thrones where it's like, yeah, there's adventure, there's action, but you're here for the intrigue. You're here for the larger machinations, moving things and what that means. You're like, that's where the, that's kind of where the the plot and story happens and the rest is just sort of the betweens.
3: When was Lord of the Rings written?
2: The 500 AD. I have absolutely no clue.
3: It was well before Dune though, right?
2: Actually, I don't know. Let's find out. So Dune, the original one was written in the 50s, uh, 1965. Okay,
3: so 65. So
2: then it was
3: think. Lord of the Rings, was definitely written before 65 for sure.
2: Yeah, it had to be right. Yeah. Lord, because uh,
1: right. this is my favorite part of being on your podcast because usually I have to look it up,
3: and
2: now I can just oh, talk yeah. while you do it. So the Fellowship uh, <laughs> of the Ring was written in 1954.
3: Okay, so, so that was it, in
2: the 50s. Yeah, yeah it predates it by, by 11 years.
3: Do you think that... Um, who's the writer of Dune? I forget it. Hathaway?
2: Uh, Frank Herbert.
3: Frank Herbert? <laughs> um, Frank Herbert. He, he's
2: friends with Duncan Idaho. Uh,
3: do you think... I mean, he's probably influenced by at least... Because I think the lore is uh, on par. The 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 intensity of the lore, at least, is on par
2: with Lord of the Rings. I would say certainly in terms of like the levels of like a hierarchy, like we have yeah. the Fremen, we have, you know, and it goes all the way up to like, we meet the emperor or sorry, we meet Baron Harkonnen. We never meet the emperor. That's one above our pay grade as viewers of this. And like Lord of the Rings is like about that too. It's like, they finally defeated the villain. It's like, yeah, but the eye of Sauron's still up there. Like yeah. there's, there's another one up there that has fingers in all of this. So I think that that's definitely, you know, something that he could have drawn from that for sure
3: and if, and like again like the dennis did a great job of making the lore very digestible in this i want to say small but it also it also is 3 hours long uh this 3 hour long film as a as an introduction to this world i thought it was very successful and you know like i said even though i i i lost a little bit of it in translation uh i thought it was just a great time and i would definitely not have agreed to do this podcast with you if i thought otherwise
2: it was your idea to do this podcast with me because you were so jacked up on dune
3: oh my god i must have been really hyped up on spice when i said that
2: (laughs) yeah man the spice (laughs) melange uh no the uh i'm glad to hear that because this is the kind of thing that this is a movie that if it didn't have rewatchability uh and if it didn't have rewatchability value it would never catch on and its rewatchability i think comes from the fact that there's always more to learn but it's not a boring watch either
3: no not at all it's visually stimulating for sure and like yeah. that's what like i love to you know smoke some spice and watch a nice visually astounding movie you know like you know back from back in my high school days when i was doing that and get watching the matrix like that's what i'm here for like i want to yeah. see some nice visuals and shit like that so like they got me hooked uh with the awesome awesome world that they that they created and then the story behind that world is uh just as rich and just as
2: enthralling to me do you think that you'll ever end up reading the book as a result of this no i don't know how to read you do know how to read because we used to race through the the uh uh, game of thrones books together and where did that fucking get us it got me stuck in a series that's never going to end. And I think yeah. that it might. So why to would I read a book? Good on it. I mean, there's a million other reasons to read a book, but um, I, guess I would so. definitely I would definitely recommend the audiobook. It's a good listen. It's well produced. Is it an
3: audiobook that it's one narrator or is it as a cast? This one's one
2: narrator. Oh, wait, no, no. Never mind. This one's a cast. And it also has like a little bit of score and a little bit of like sound effects work. It's it's pretty excellent. It's a good listen.
3: I've had some issues with audiobooks read by a cast in the past and I did not mean for that to rhyme um, but I tried to and this is also another like very like folklore heavy book but I tried to listen to American gods oh yeah and the like, I just didn't know and like when I put on an audiobook I try to you know do work at the same time mm-hmm. so I'm like kind of like listening to the background a little bit
2: uh, okay
3: so if there's one narrator telling me shit I can keep up if there's yeah. if there's any like in podcasts, like more than like three people, I can't keep up with because I don't know who the fuck's talking at any given time. Fair enough. Um, there- but yeah, because because I like use that as like a a front front brain inhibitor while I can use my the rest of my brain to actually do work. I can't the cast you know, audiobooks for me, unless I'm in my car driving for a long trip, I can't really pay attention.
2: Fair enough. I like to take walks and so I listen to audiobooks then. I always recommend. Uh, on audible the murder uh, murder on the orient express audiobook is read by dan stevens but he does different voices for each character and it is a hell of a performance and i the love guy who did Goodbye. the
3: martian um oh i forgotten. listened to the martian yeah the martian was a good one because he he does he does voices too but like they're not too different where it's like way over the top but they're like yeah. still in his cadence but it's like the the pitch shifts so yeah, enough just, so you know like which character is talking
2: it's 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 an amazing skill. These people that, yeah. that are able to read those books like that. Um, yeah, Dan Stevens was one. There's one. Uh, what, what the fuck was it that I that I had? Actually, oh, I just got. A, I just downloaded because I have an Audible subscription. I just downloaded The Godfather, but it's read by uh, by Joe Mantegna.
1: I was. I, I thought you meant Joe uh, Joe Mangello,
3: and I got really excited. But oh I'm not no, excited no no
2: no. But you still got Dan Stevens. for The a, Godfather the read by Joe Mangello. I think, would be really fun. The, the audiobook of It is, because uh, I read It as a regular book, but I wanted to reread it before the new movie came out, so I audiobooked it. And it's read by Stephen Weber, a.k.a. Brian from Wings. And uh, he does a great I'm Pennywise. You don't have to be. I just have to be. Yeah. I love Brian from Wings. And... Uh, He's a his voice that he does for Pennywise is legitimately the scariest iteration of Pennywise that I've come across. I
3: don't know, man. I think I think uh, I think that Scarsgard kid did a pretty good job because I did not even watch the new version of it because I was too like his voice Mm -hmm. in the trailer freaked me out.
2: I'll tell you, those movies are fun, but like what like that's just an unfilmable novel. It's unfilmable.
3: They said the same thing about they said the same about Dune until now.
2: That's what I was going to say. It, it, this is one of those things, Ed. So I think yeah. this is probably a good time to transition into our lists. Do you have anything else to say about Dune before we wrap it up? Do you want to call out no. any performances, scores, choices? I feel pretty good.
3: Um, yeah, I think I did a pretty good job. i think I'll you miss did a you, Oscar.
2: Job. I'll miss you, Oscar. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it with my pen. Ready? Yeah. I just saluted a salute. with my pen a like, salute. a, like an Atreides. So in honor of Dune being based on a novel, uh, as our list for today's episode, we're going to be counting down five each of some of our favorite sci-fi movies based on novels. So did you, uh, did you have any time coming up with these? I had to kind of sit and think. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot because uh, it's been a week from hell, but
3: I will try to do it off the cuff if you want to go first
2: okay fair enough so i i tried to do a uh i tried to pick only movies that were based on books that i had read although that was not a requirement and so uh i don't quite have them in order but i think that i can do it and you know what? we're gonna lop one off because we already talked about the martian just now a little bit so i'm gonna eliminate that from my list and i'm going to start that was gonna be one of mine actually that's fine. We can, we can do it. So I'll start it. I'm going to do my number, my no, I'm going to count them down. So my number five would be a scanner darkly. Have you seen that movie? Oh yeah. A while ago though. I forgot what it was about. I mean, I forgot, I knew what it was about, but I forgot what happened in it. Fantastic movie. Richard Linklater made it uh, alongside waking life, which are the movies where he animated over digital photography. Yeah. And uh, that was the one, yeah, it was a Philip K. Dick novel. Um, and I actually read the novel in anticipation of the movie and I didn't plan to, I was just at Barnes and Noble and I picked up the novel and just kind of started reading it for fun and was so immediately hooked that I stayed at Barnes and Noble for like four hours and finished the book and then saw the movie. And then put the it back. Or yeah. Yeah. I did <laughs> wow. that. Okay. Did. So you stole a book from Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, I was like, I mean, I drank, I, I went to the, uh, to the cafe and got myself some refreshments. So, you know, not my finest moment. but So it you something you, that I you did.
3: patronized Starbucks while you stole
2: a book from Barnes and Noble. No, I didn't actually steal it. I, I still have the book, but um, <laughs> no, I I do still have the book because um, I would like to reread it. But uh, I think that was a great adaptation, and I think that the animation was the best way to go about handling the more sci-fi elements. Do you remember they had the 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 disguise suit that you yeah. wear and yeah, it was, was constantly awesome. flowing from different visages that were just randoms so that you could never actually make a visual impression on anyone and the way that was described in the book is exactly how it was de- depicted on screen and there's no way to do that in live action without it looking kind of silly so oh, yeah. kudos to a scanner darkly um, what do you got anything
3: i'm gonna start with the martian um what you, what you gotta say i thought that it was an okay adaptation to the point where there was a lot of key moments that were hit, but because of that book and Andy, Ware does this really good thing where he describes very complicated scientific uh, elements in a way that a lay person can understand what is happening. And so they cut out my favorite scene from the movie and I understand why, but there's a scene where he's tracking a sandstorm and where it's going by literally walking um, five kilometers in one direction and like putting nodes there. And then walking 10 kilometers, double backing the other direction, putting more nodes, tracking, like looking at his like, you know, a little palm pile or whatever it was, and, tr- and like uh tracking where it's going, then moving walking another five kilometers and moving the node to see where the direction is heading. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's described much better than I'm doing it in the book. And, but like when I was reading when I was yeah. listening, when I was listening to that in because uh, I did the audio book, when I li- was listening to that, I was like literally on the edge of my seat, I was like, what the fuck? Like he's gonna to get caught in the sandstorm. You gotta hurry up, dude yeah and I had the uh,
2: same same experience
3: and they they skipped over that entirely for reasons i fully understand because you cannot film that scene without it being incredibly
2: boring yeah. And, yeah and there's no way to film that and have that scene explain what he's doing to you no not at all yeah man i thought that i thought that that book was absolutely incredible and i thought that that movie was absolutely incredible i love but, the last yeah. moment of the martian the movie when he's talking to the students And he says, uh, you know, you got to solve one problem at a time. And if you solve enough problems, you get to go home. Yeah. Now, does anyone have any questions? And then everybody's hand shoots up at once. That is one of the most phenomenal endings. And it speaks to what I think is so thematically appropriate about The Martian is like, that's an ode to what it is to use your brain and ask questions and be inquisitive and learn. And not
3: panic in the face of adversity. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's what a remarkable uh, what a remarkable thing.
3: Oh yeah, great.
0: That
2: actually reminds me, I, I should have asked you I'm real quick during Dune. Do you think Dune is about anything? I still don't know what the thematic structure of Dune is.
3: Um check your butt for sand.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm not I still don't know. I'd have to think about it more, but even having read it all and watched it all, I don't I mean I can't I can't answer
3: that question in my,
2: you know am I right devices? Because I haven't seen the whole thing. Fair enough. All right. The next book on my list, or next, not book, next movie on my list um, would be brrr, Annihilation.
3: Okay. Have never never in the book. Never saw the movie.
2: Okay. Um, that's a movie that's like real heady and it's real trippy and it goes, it goes pretty hard. Another Oscar Isaac. It goes pretty hard into the realm of the surreal, but I think in a way that is managed very well, And visually, it's something that I can't describe in terms of how it depicts that, because they have to make literal some things that aren't literal in the book. But the book, too, is also written in this weird sort of amorphous prose that allows for the trippiness of this strange situation to bleed into the reader experience similarly to the way that the movie uses visuals and sound to do that and both yeah. are very successful at doing that in a way that is effective but across two different mediums like they maximize effectiveness on their mediums and i would recommend both i think annihilation is like a perfect movie you, you would you would definitely be jacked up by it it's freaky
3: yeah i've seen like clips you know when you're like scrolling through, you know um like the Facebook watch videos. Yeah. yeah. I've seen clips show up where like, you know, Natalie Portman's fighting herself or they're like first going into the annihilation zone or whatever. And like, it looks interesting to me. I'm just like, it, it's never been a movie that I remember to sit down
2: and watch when I'm looking for a movie to sit down and watch. If you want a movie that you can sit down, spice melange, crank up the sound and get like sucked into something that's going to like really jack up your just. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I think you. I think you would actually enjoy it, and it's very artful. I mean, it's the guy who did Ex Machina, um, based on a book by a really oh, yeah. good author. Yeah, very, very, very highly recommend. Uh,
3: my next one is going. It's kind of divisive, but I'm gonna go Ready Player One.
2: Dude, I, I that's another audio book. I did. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know why, why the people movie, hate it so much.
3: The movie took some liberties that I'm not very happy with. Um, the whole second act with the whole. Uh, Shining thing, I forget oh, what yeah. it was in the book. I
2: don't remember. But it wasn't it was the, the Shining.
3: Book. It was something. It was something much better. But I know they couldn't get the rights to whatever it was. It might have been like a Star Wars thing or something. But
2: yeah, yeah, um,
3: yeah. But I gotta say that like Ty Sheridan is become Wade Watts in that movie. Yeah, and they hit they hit all the key moments, and also um, fuck, what's his name from uh Ben. Ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is a great villain in the film. And they hit all the very key moments that I wanted to, which was the race in the beginning and then uh, at the end when that dude turns into a Gundam. Yeah. Oh, man, I was hoping... And, that. Fi- and fights Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Mecha that, Godzilla.
2: That movie really was a ton of fun. Like, it's, it's yeah. not the greatest, but um, I'm glad that that book was made into a movie because... That is one of those books that like, I, I don't know why people dislike that book. It's fun. It's very light reading, but it's fun. I love the book, but, but the, the, was movie, a... the
3: movie definitely failed. I'll give it that, but it did hit a lot of the key moments that yeah. I wanted to
2: see. I liked I liked that movie well enough, but yeah, like reading that book, there were so many things I thought, man, this would be so cool to see. and The movie gave me some of that.
3: The movie, the movie where I think the movie failed the worst is that they failed to uh, address what I thought was the whole point of the book, which was the classist system. Yeah. yeah, And like kind of bucking against the uh, the corporations and stuff like that. And like they did it in a way that was like very movie-esque, but not so much as like, you know, uh, relieving to me as, as much as the book was. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. I feel
2: you. No, I, that was a cool movie. It was it was a fun like that was a fun one to watch in the theater. Yeah, I can still close my eyes and picture when the T-Rex bursts out during the race. Just kind yeah. of scary. Yeah. I'm pretty afraid of that T-Rex, but you know
3: I like how they did the dance club too. When they're like kind of like spinning around that like cyclone. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet.
2: I'm actually a fan of the shining scene just because I think they recreated the Overlook Hotel so well.
3: I thought it was a great addition, but I I, I was I remember being yeah,
2: I forgot. It's one of those movies replaced. that
3: also like can't it can't it got better with time in my memory, but I remember even the movie theater like disappointed.
2: Mm. I feel you, I definitely feel you um the next one is and this is a, a it's a bit of a stretch on sci-fi but i'm going with it because i just read it i read the entire uh trilogy of the howling and uh I'm not familiar either. it's a werewolf movie there's it's an old joe dante werewolf movie the howling and i think it actually kind of has a sci-fi angle which is why i included it it's also just a really fun book to read but uh the howling is like one of those great like it's an ode to practical effects it's just like a real lean, mean movie. It's got D. Wallace in this incredible performance. And it's, it's pretty horrifying. It's like this lady gets assaulted, uh, almost murdered. And she's a newscaster. And then she and her husband are like, listen, we got to get out of town for a while. Let her kind of get her head together and all that. And they go to this town and there's just werewolves there. And now they got to deal with that. And it is awesome. They handle nice. the werewolf transformation by doing rotoscoped animation of their silhouettes. So like the classic stuff of like the claws going and, <laughs> and the mouth stretching out, but for like the bulk of the transportation, it goes wide and does animated silhouettes that are you know rotoscoped over the film and it looks incredible. And it's Joe Dante, he did like Gremlins and Gremlins yeah, 2 yeah. and all that stuff. The Gate, um, love Joe Dante. The Howling, great book, great movie, but every sequel to The Howling is like an increasing level of absolute garbage and there's like 10 of them. Nice. For real, I watched them all over over quarantine and like the first three are worth watching. The first one because it's good. The second and third because they're weird. But like four through I think nine is, there's nine or ten, are like some of the most truly unbelievable garbage I've ever seen. Like to the point of like things look like they're shot on VHS tape and it's just like barely about wolves. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird and it's just terrible. Yeah. I'm sure somebody out there likes it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be 10 of them. I feel like that's only true insofar as someone who made them was like, I got a hundred bucks. I can make a movie and somehow got the rights and spent all $100 of that movie, making a movie. Cause it like, when I say bad, I'm telling you like, like don't function as movies bad. (laughs) It's, it's bad. But that first one though, is like a five-star creature flick, beautiful sci-fi, awesome book. What do you got?
3: Uh, I'm going to also do a little bit of reach. I'm going to go with Avengers: Infinity War.
2: I think it counts. That's not a reach. That's because, I
3: so I had so I just recently read the Infinity War saga. Nice on uh, like the actual like trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never I think read that, that uh, it's good. It's interesting. There's a lo- there's a lot of different shit going on, but I think that Infinity War is my favorite of the you know the post we're doing this Marvel cinematic universe. Cause like you had like yeah, yeah. in the beginning when you had like Iron Man Thor, Captain America and everyone was like, you know, Marvel was like, do you guys like, like what's happening here? Do you want more of it? And there was like, yeah, we do. They're like, "Are right, going to make a whole fucking thing about it. And then, yeah, so yeah. like, once they decided they were going to do that, I think they brought it in very well. And I think infinity war is probably like the empire strikes back of the Marvel films. Yeah. And the fact that they ended it on like a, a down note, which we knew that wasn't going to last, but like that that is what Marvel comics do.
2: Yeah. That's a comic. Um,
3: I think that, you know, reading and then going back and reading all this, like, the crazy stuff that goes on uh, in the Infinity War books. Like, for instance, uh, I'll just spoil it for you. Um,
2: so, yeah. I'll read it one day, but yeah, I'm fine.
3: Nebula is the one who gets the uh, Infinity Gauntlet and ends up killing Thanos with it. Oh, nice. Okay, which is which is a pretty crazy, uh, and and like obviously you know contracts had dictated the storyline of of Endgame, but uh, I think they did a great job with you know bringing the 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 core of the story into fruition.
2: Yeah. Well, but I think in the movie, I think it's right to have Tony do it because he was our entry yeah. point into the MCU, as it were. He was always the centerpiece of it, and if we're going to move on to the next one, for him to for him to do that, to have his badass last line, I'm Iron Man, and then also to be doing exactly what he was always accused of not doing uh when he teams up with captain america for the first time in avengers yeah and he's like you never make the sacrifice play and even though he sort of does in that movie he does the ultimate sacrifice play here like i think yeah. it all comes together really well and whereas yeah nebula's dad is is thanos you know thanos is like kind of new by the time he's gone you know like we're like yeah, oh, yeah thanos exists but yeah, so i think that's the right move for the movie but that's very interesting in the comics. That makes sense.
3: But yeah, definitely go back and read uh, the Infinity War saga. And then there's, a, there's like three of them now, but I read the original one. And then I read the second iteration of the Infinity saga, where it starts off with Gamora just cutting Thanos' head off and stealing the gauntlet. And then now she's the bad guy.
1: Oh,
2: nice. Oh, that would be yeah, awesome. And
3: that's pretty sick, yeah.
2: Nice. Oh, that's so cool! I would like to read those one day. I I have like a stack of comic books. I'm currently going through my, I'm going through the Before Watchmen omnibus, uh, Marvel Unlimited on the iPad. Dude, up. I uh, I have been thinking about doing that. Yeah, but we'll see, we'll see, because I don't know what to read yet. I have like a the U- stack U- of the UX is probably. a little bit
3: wonky, where it doesn't like you know they don't. It's not clear about what book is next, but you, you know you figure it out.
2: Yeah, I mean I I have comicsology and I have like a bunch of issues of stuff downloaded that I that yeah. I have to read. So before I subscribe to anything new, I have a backlog to get through. But um I did recently read one of the best books I've ever read and one of the best movies I've ever seen. Contact.
1: Yeah, you love Contact. Have you seen Contact? No, I have not. I think you would really love it.
2: It's powerful. We've, we've talked stuff. about
3: that on on hot property a little bit. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Every time every
2: time you bring it up, your eyes just light up. You love fucking. You Dude, fucking love contact. <laughs> I love contact. Well, it's just it's one of those. It's such a a, a robust story of sci fi inquiry, like every time. Like Carl Sagan must have been an incredible teacher because he wrote the book, and it's one of those books where it it kind of ties into what you were saying about Dune a little bit where anytime like a new idea is breached, I go, oh, that's interesting. And then it inspires a wonder where I go, well, what about this? But then the book like answers that question almost in tune. And as the story of contact, you know, becomes intergalactic and becomes sort of surreal, both the movie and the book capture this level of wonder where you go, oh, well now this, what about that? And then it's like, I got you. Boom. And And so there's just a lot of, of really fun thought experiments that are turned into plot. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's also just like a really wonderful story about a really good central character. Um, I think you would, I mean, I think everybody should read the book. I think it's probably in my top five books I've ever read. It's just incredible. But if you don't have the time for the book, um, I highly recommend watching the movie because it cuts a lot out, like a lot out, but it captures the spirit of the book and the thematic weight of the book to a T and it's 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 the right move. Like you couldn't have done what was in the book, but they they get it right. Yeah, highly recommend. I'll check it out.
3: Uh, my number two
2: is gonna be The Hunger Games. Dude, yeah, I'm into it. I enjoyed those books. I have not seen the last. Like, I only the read the movie. first
3: book. Okay. I only read the first book, but I and I didn't I didn't watch the last movie, but
2: i remember last, thinking like the last last movie or the two parts that make up the last movie because the,
3: the second part of the last movie
2: i've only seen i haven't seen either part of the last movie but i saw the other two
3: um the i remember reading the first book because again our, our mutual friend connor was really into the books yep he's and they're very short oh i
2: i got them because uh, uh, our long. mutual friend uh anthony he was uh
3: Oh, yeah, they, they were they were in it together and then we yeah. were going to the movie theater and singing them all the time. But um, I remember like watching the movie, like, all right, check out the book. And I got to say, it's pretty much like one to one translation. Yeah. There's very little that they left out. And I think they even, you know, put some stuff in to fit because, again, it's very short. Yeah. It's not, it's almost like a novella. It's so short. Um,
2: I think I read that whole trilogy on, in a weekend.
3: Yeah. It's, it, they're not hard reads. Which is great for me because I don't know how to read. Um, but I remember thinking as as I was reading the book, I felt like I was reading the script to the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And, and like
3: visually, and like I remember like that was such an exciting point where I was like, "Oh, we got a new franchise! Mm-hmm. It's gonna be great!" And like as, as the quality of the movies kind of waned, waned as it went down. As I mean, as the series progressed, and I was like, "I'm kind of over this whole shit." And, like, it became such a pop culture thing that I was, like, it turned me off a little bit mm. to watching it. because I get I'm, that. You know, yeah. And then, that, like, I don't know how that happened because, like, you know, I'm a huge Marvel guy. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. And, like, for some reason, this pop, this pop culture entity really annoyed me that it was getting so popular. I don't know. I can't really explain myself.
2: I mean, I had a similar experience. I didn't sour on it. I just lost interest. Like because i i liked the first two quite a bit i i enjoyed watching them and then like when the next one came out i didn't for some reason wasn't like oh i gotta see this it was more like a oh yeah i'll catch that and then i just never did and then therefore i never caught up with the second and now it's two movies and who has the time yeah it just kind of fell fell by the wayside it's one of those
3: what's your number one
2: my number one is uh the first in a quadrilogy that I, I've i only read the first, but I have the rest in my stack. 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm. One of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made and one of the sure. strangest books to ever be adapted to film. It's a very weird book. Uh, not as weird as the movie. The movie actually takes it a little, more, a little more surreal. But it was written in conjunction with the script for the movie. Arthur C. Clarke was working on the book while co-writing the script. I think you Hoover.
3: mean Arthur C. Clarke.
2: Arthur K. Clark uh, yeah. and uh, and Stanley Kubrick. Uh, they <laughs> kind of wrote it, you know, they the the book and the script were in conversation with one another through the inclusion. That's interesting.
3: Clark. I didn't realize it was that collaborative.
2: Yeah, like I wouldn't say so much that Kubrick wrote the book, but Clark co-wrote the script while writing the book. So there is like bleed over, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, but what what the movie doesn't capture is that the book is really funny. It has like a sort of, like, <laughs> well, it has like a, it has like a, and
3: Kubrick is decidedly not funny.
2: Well, not if you watch Dr. Strangelove, but uh, the, uh, sure. Oh, yeah, a hilarious movie, but the, um,
3: he, he used up all his humor in that movie that every other movie was just, <laughs> God, just a bleak affair. It was an
0: absolute
2: nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, it's, the, the humor isn't in, in the plot. It's the same exact plot. The humor is in the prose, like the way that that Clark writes is very funny and so in reading the book and then watching the movie some of that humor elevates out of the movie even though it's not really in the text of the movie it's just because of the experience of the book but that's a movie that every time you watch it gives you a million new things to think about either from a filmmaking perspective or from just what's happening in the movie perspective but it works so well as a companion piece to the novel that i recommend anybody who's a fan of the movie to check it out and it's not a big novel it's like 200 pages it's like a little dime store paper oh, wow. kind of thing yeah it's very short very basic i read it and that encompasses pages, the entire movie the entire movie and very well it's a long ass movie but think about it you know what a lot of that movie is it's, it's still shots of evolution still shots dead air just you know like a ship moving forever there's the giant like five minute long sequence of just flashing colors and trippiness yeah but uh it's a great book and I, i can't wait to read the rest i just moved on to other things for a bit
3: my number one is my number one because it's just such a batshit insane thing that happened and that is the uh i am legend starring will smith oh yeah because this is another movie where I saw the movie first, like, wow, that was really good. I got to read the book. And so I went to go read the book and instead of, um, a black scientist trying to cure a zombie apocalypse with his dog while staving off and only, only moving around during the day, because uh, at night the zombies come out, um, and just trying to fend for himself and try to figure out how he can save humanity in the book it's a white dude with no knowledge of science who, um, is going into, uh, houses and hotels and buildings and staking vampires in the heart while they sleep. Um, and then at night, all the vampires come to his house and taunt him saying cause they can't come inside and like, you know, saying like, if we ever see you outside, we're going to kill you. There's a like yelling at him the entire time. I'm like, Halfway through the book, I'm like, this is not the movie I just saw, but it's still yeah. very entertaining. It's and very good. It, it loses, it loses the movie loses the entire point of the title, which I think is great. Yeah. Because they, they throw out the fact that in the book, he is the boogeyman.
2: Yes. He
3: becomes legend because he is the guy going around killing the new race.
2: Yeah.
3: In the movie, he's just a dude who uh blows up zombies with a grenade. Yeah. And possibly saves and, humanity
2: via a farm.
3: Yeah. It it's completely like it's obviously one of those scripts that got like uh, lost in development hell. And there's well, like, you know, just
2: just slap an eye on Legend title on this. And let's would go. you believe that an ending closer to that original one does exist and was shot? You can probably watch it on YouTube. Oh, yeah, it's on
3: it's on the um, it's on the DVD extra features. It tested poorly because
2: people are fucking stupid.
3: Yeah, they are.
2: That's
3: my favorite this is a, this is a, this is a departure, but real quick, my favorite story about test audiences di- like dictating the story of a movie is Dodgeball, because in Dodgeball, the original ending was that the purple cobras win and then the credits roll. <laughs> that's incredible, <laughs> and all the all the shit about like you know the Chuck Norris meme where he's like he approves the the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. second chance whatever. That's all mixed. And that's why in the uh, in the end in the end credits scene when you have Ben Stiller fat eating snacks yeah when he met, he says am like oh yeah well you know you audiences can't handle a real ending so bleh. and like so that's what he's referencing is because he had to fucking make the entire new ending because test audiences were like that's stupid
2: I I love that movie but that would have been so much better yeah. That's
3: so. That much would have better. been so much better.
2: Yeah, because that's how it is. It's, just,
3: it's just a it's a big because like the whole movie was a big fuck you to sports movies in yeah, general.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. So to have that ending is the ultimate fuck you to sports movies. Have you ever seen a movie called The Great White Hype? No, it's not I've great heard it, though. I am gonna spoil it. It's not great, but it's it's a good movie. It's like it's a it's a good movie in that it's like fun. Uh, in it is like heavyweight champion played by da- Damon Wayans he's uh you know looking for his next fight but he like can't be beat so no one wants to fight him so his career's suffering so Mm. it's essentially like a rocky story they find played by peter berg here they find some former boxers kind of washed up but like still got it and you know he's just kind of like a drunk idiot but they you know bring him to since no one else will fight Damon Wayans they're just going to bring up this undercard and make an event of it and the whole movie is this guy turning his life it's a comedy he's turning his life around getting ripped getting shredded absolutely just like plugging away at shit like really gonna win and Damon Wayans character has like a gut now he's just like getting fat and it's this whole movie where you just want to see this asshole Damon Wayans get spanked by the new guy and then like you know he just knocks the dude out first round completely nice <laughs> like the dude steps up and it's a big moment and it's just like bop 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 bow You're like oh shit it's so so funny but man that that's why like when thing.
3: i when i see because like now i have this whole celebrity bo- this whole celebrity boxing thing and we can end after this the the this whole celebrity boxing thing where it's like jake paul and logan paul are boxing now I'm like maybe Logan Paul will take on Mike Tyson. I'm like, he's motherfucker, going to. that's happening. If bro. you take I know, but if you take on Mike Tyson at any age, yeah, you're dead. You're gonna get laid out. Yeah. I want to see it. That like, dude spent his entire
2: life fighting. You yeah, spent he's most killing. of your life on YouTube. I don't know much about the Paul brothers. I just know that they're YouTube people. I don't really I, I don't know what they what first turned them on. It face value matter. face value is all you need to know about the Paul Brothers. I will say this. I did watch uh I did watch the I, I I don't pay for these things. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna admit it. But I did watch the uh the Logan Paul was it Mayweather fight. Oh yeah. And it was like it was one of those things where I was like, oh yeah, this kid's in shape. He's obviously obviously athletic. But like you know, you're not gonna beat Mayweather. I actually fear for him in a ring with Mike Tyson because I also watched that novelty fight of Mike Tyson fighting. Oh no, former like a former heavyweight who just wasn't in yeah. shape, and he was just kind of Roy Jones. Roy Jones? Uh, but either I way, he don't had, know. Uh, I forgot he uh he, he showed up like yeah let's have a good time for charity <laughs> but tyson showed up like just fucking shredded and like he came into the ring and just like went for it and i have a feeling that tyson could actually potentially hurt that kid
3: this yeah is- and that's why that's anyway. why like this is all being like double checked for you know safety issues because they're they're out weight classing these these kids oh yeah
2: but and there's a reason that you have
3: weight classes in boxing
2: in wc wbc There's no governing body here. When it's It's an exhibition, exhibition. yeah, there's no governing, yeah. That's how Rocky IV starts. It's an exhibition, and that's why he was able to beat him to death in the ring. They weren't going to call it. Rocky had to call it, but he didn't throw the towel in early enough.
3: And that's why he had to um, make penance by training his son
2: to be a champion. Yes. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I guess that is the thing. I, for a second, I thought you were talking about Rocky's son. It's been a long day. No, no. Uh, do you, do you have uh Do you have a minute to play a quick round of movie 20 questions? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, I'm thinking of a movie. And you have 20 yes or no questions to figure out what movie I am thinking of. Is it Rocky Four? It is not.
1: Is it a drama? No. Is it a comedy? Uh no.
2: Is it sci-fi? No. Is it horror? Uh it's another uh I'll just say it it's uh, I would think of it as an action movie.
3: Okay. Um Is it contemporary in the last 25 years. Yes. Does it star any Oscar nominees? Or, I mean, I'm sorry,
1: Oscar winners.
2: Oscar winners, um...
1: No. Is the main character a male?
2: Yeah, these are questions that, like, kind of, but I'm going to say no.
1: How many am I up to now? 10? You have done eight questions. Action movie, maybe horror. It has horror elements. Is it.
2: In the last 10 years uh the last 10 years i don't think so i'm almost positive no hang on i can i can i can do this i'm gonna say no uh no but close
1: is is it by is anybody that we've mentioned in today's podcast in that movie
2: no, and you know what? I'm going to go back and say that yes, there is an Oscar winner in the cast, but uh, only in like a, a
1: cameo. Is it Zombieland? No. That that hit all the marks, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a certain vibe, but uh,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. Um. Okay. So. Interesting. Does. Hmm. Ah, fuck. I'm running out of questions. What am I? 11 now? 12? You're at 11. Does it. Is the lead. I'm assuming is female. Uh.
2: It's an ensemble.
3: Okay, ensemble action horror movie.
2: And I'm counting that as last a question. ten years, and not last ten years, but close.
1: But close. Yeah. Let's say fifteen. Um, twenty-four. One now. Two thousand six. Uh. Is. Is it? Hmm.
2: Is it? Is it? <laughs> Uh, see, I'm. I do not want to waste one of my questions. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta play. You can't win if you don't play. Uh, you're not gonna. You're certainly not gonna Google it based on what you have. I can't. I
3: was
1: thinking about maybe trying, but I fuck, I can't. Um, is it a movie where <laughs> there are there like a lot of like action
3: sequences, or is it like action light?
2: Are there a lot, a lot of action sequences? Lots of action.
3: Okay. Who directed it?
2: That's not a yes or no question. <laughs> I
3: was trying to get you. <laughs>
2: um, that counts as get... two, I'm sorry. Does it really? No, it doesn't. Um, I just showed it to you on the screen with my phone using.
3: I was minimizing my Chrome
1: browser so that I could pay attention to this that's how we do um does it star an actor <laughs> or actress <laughs> that i like
2: <laughs> uh yes i would say that the, the the male star the one male star is someone that that you like and a lot of the feet. A couple of female stars, I'm sure you is this know. a movie that I've seen? This is definitely a movie you've seen. Okay. That's I should have started with that. <laughs> I'm not even gonna count that one against you. I, okay, I wouldn't I wouldn't you. pick I wouldn't pick a movie that I assume you haven't seen. Um you got six more questions. You can do it, but you gotta think. Action horror. On my last episode, the dude got it in six questions.
3: I'm not that I'm not as good as that
2: dude. He got
3: Robocop in six questions. Is it? Is it, no, it's not.
2: <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> thought I thought too? about doing that just to just to see, like, get a, a gauge of what what my listeners think.
1: Oh, uh, fuck. It,
3: so you said the female lead. Or the male lead was someone that I definitely like. Someone
2: that you definitely like is the male lead. And like, there's just like a, there's a bunch of female leads and a couple of them are people that I'm sure you like. And a couple, I, you know, I don't really have much of a thought about them. So I can't imagine you do.
3: Is the male lead Jack Black?
2: The male lead is not Jack Black. He's nowhere near this
3: movie. Is the male lead... like a, a staple of the action uh, genre? Or is there, would, like, is, the, is the male lead someone who's kind of out of their element in this film?
2: Slightly, but not really. It's, this is definitely a guy who has done action multiple times, but I don't always think of him as an action guy.
1: I'm not even anywhere close to this, am I?
2: I feel like you're about to get it just based on that inquiry alone. Like he's not an action
1: guy, but he is an action guy. I I'm th- I'm thoroughly stumped. How many do I have left?
2: You have 4 questions left. Fuck, there's no way I'm going to get this. You can do it. You can do it. This is my favorite new bit that I've brought into the show.
3: Action horror.
2: Action horror um I'll throw the year at you just to make it easier.
1: No, don't do that. Okay,
2: I'm cheating. You cheating? A little bit. Fine, do what you can. But I mean, nah, this, nah I'm not getting anything. Uh, you might, you might be getting some. That's fine though. We'll is suit. is
3: Nathan Fillion in this movie? <laughs> Nathan Fillion is not in this movie.
2: Damn it, I thought it was Slither. I, um, thought, I knew you thought it was Slither, which, that's a great movie. I'd like to do an episode on that one day.
3: That's also really, uh, it's, not, it's knocking all the numbers off this list here. Um, shit. Do you have, like, an algorithm for this? What are you doing? No, I, I search for action horror movies. There's going to be horror movies. Uh,
2: um, yeah, it's definitely an action movie. It's sort of a centerpiece around a, one big action thing.
1: One big action thing.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I want you to get it. That's the thing. I don't want to stump people. Like the centerpiece of this movie is an
1: action sequence. That's kind of why the movie exists. Is it Death Race?
2: (laughs) It's not death race but man oh man you are knocking on the door. Is it death proof? It's death proof baby. There we go. <laughs> nice. In 19 questions and a whole bunch of hints but not bad sir, not bad.
3: Yeah. Well, let's call it, let's call it 19.99 questions. It's in. We make the rules here and you know what? Right. I'm going to call proof. it a win. All right. Death proof I wouldn't call cool. that I would not call that an action to horror movie though. I wouldn't I would call that
2: uh, an action thriller or an action suspense, but it's not horror. What about when when he has her in the car, the, this is 100% death group. only to get the benefit of it, you kind of got to be sitting in my seat. That whole scene is like pure horror. I'd call that suspense, but that's where we differ. You know, the, And that's why art is subjective. I think that that's valid. I, I just, I always want to call everything horror. Because when I think about horror, it. I think about there's like there's the body counts going to be at least double digits. I would say that the body count in this movie is—is is it double digits? Because he kills the whole car full of girls at the beginning, and then Rose McGowan. and eh, not double digits, but approaching it.
3: All right. Well, yeah. agree, agree.
2: Well, fair. I mean,
3: anyway, I'm dude. I'm agree. I'm so relieved that I got that because I was fucking. When it got to like my 16, 17 question, I was like,
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking get this, dude. Okay, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being on the yeah, show. Man. Anything you would like to plug?
3: Uh, Check out our other podcasts, Hot Property, at Hot Property Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yo! Uh, Everywhere you get podcasts, and every Thursday that comes out. So if you like this dynamic, check us out there. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's say we're much more funny on that one. This one we're actually, like, analyzing shit.
2: We're a little more scholarly here. A little more scholarly. But I'm trying to get this funny. Um, you know, I
3: forgot Death Proof was a movie. But yeah, go ahead.
2: <laughs> but you got it. You got it. I did. You had, yes. you had to go through Death Race. You had to go through yeah. Death Race to get to Death Proof. Oh, you know what I want to say before we sign off? You know, it's a huge part of Dune that we only get a little bit in the movie. The fear prayer. The fear is the mind killer prayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that is repeated so much throughout the book, it's used in the original Dune, and we just kind of get it here while Lady Jessica is doing her thing, while he's doing Gamjabar. And I feel like that'll probably come up more in the second one. But still, I like that yeah. speech. I when I'm scared of stuff, I give myself the fears the mind killer speech. When I'm scared, of shit in my pants. That works too. Yeah, the butt killer. All right. Well, I'm at Dan Scully on all the things. You can check out my stuff on scullyvision.com, and as always at Movie Movie Cast wherever you get your podcasts and/or social meds So, uh, yeah, check that shit out and uh, like, subscribe, comment, all that fun stuff. And that is it. I still haven't come up with a good sign off uh, since the old sign off was a two person thing. Do you have any ideas?
3: And as always, that's been I liked a movie movie. <laughs> And it's got to be movie. And it's it's got got to to be be, ah. movie.
2: Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: All right, bud.